News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero. And at about uh, six minutes after five o'clock, ready to go once again here with the Employment Hour. Uh, Alex, I know you're on board, ready to go. The phone lines are open as well. It is, of course, a live show. You have questions about your employment, your severance, your boss, your workplace in general. That is what we tackle here every week and in that regard it is 613-521-TALK you can also email shoot one of those across help at employmenthour.com and always check out severancepaycalculator.com before you sign anything we will get to those details in just a bit but my brother we always start with a couple things happening with the uh, the week that was what's going on with you the dream team is back john nice <laughs> okay. to be back uh, in in the hot seat great to be back uh, back live on the air in uh, in ottawa talking yep. employment law Talking uh, workplace rights, talking severance, here to take calls, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, this is a live call-in show, John. We're live on the air until 6 p.m., so please, uh, all our listeners out there, do not hesitate to call us. Do, do not hesitate to call in, ask any workplace questions you have. Yep. Uh, you know, people mm-hmm. contact us you know, every single day, John, whether it's email, telephone, uh, you name it, asking about their workplace rights. You know, it's really what we do day in day out where we're not typically on the radio or on TV. We're in our offices answering all sorts of questions related to the workplace. It's what you and I do on this show as well. Um, And so, you know, call in. Uh, You know, you obviously heard the show before, all our longtime listeners, who those of you who haven't heard the show before, um, you know, maybe you've got a workplace question that you're wondering about. Maybe you've been let go. You've been offered a severance package. You have no idea what to do. You've got that Friday 5 o'clock deadline. You need some advice. Please feel free to reach out. Do not be shy. Uh, You know, we're here to help. We're here to answer your questions. And also a huge part of this show is, you know, for every question out there, for every caller out there, there are dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people, John, that are in the exact same situation. So by calling in, those callers are doing everyone else's service as well in answering those questions and talking about those issues that come up in the workplace. And so... You know, as you mentioned, uh, we always get started with a little segment we call The Week That Was. It's a couple of examples of uh, situations that we've dealt with recently, uh, and it gives people a little bit of a heads up of the types of situations uh, that we deal with in in the workplace. And so uh, with all of that said, here we go. So the first story, uh, or the first person I spoke with here, uh, John, you know, we always talk about the fact, and I just mentioned it a moment ago, actually, that, uh, you know, uh, when people are let go, there, there's typically some sort of severance deadline that's provided. So, uh, you know, you're given that Friday 5 p.m. deadline yeah. or that one week or three day deadline. And this is a story that that's uh, related to that issue. So a lady called me earlier this week. This is something uh, something that came up uh, this week in our Ottawa office. And, and actually what happened to her was was actually quite remarkable. So she was um, she was let go. Uh, she lost her job. She she was advised that she was being let go on Monday, um, and sure enough, she was provided with a severance offer, and the company wanted her to sign that offer uh, and, and get it back to them, get the paperwork back to them by Friday o'clock, by Friday at five o'clock. Well, unfortunately, uh, over the course of the week, she became sick. She became uh, ill. And she was hospitalized, actually. She was hospitalized for a couple of days. It was serious enough that they kept her over. Uh, And when she came out of the hospital, and this was now we're talking this week, uh, she came out of the hospital and she realized that she missed that Friday deadline. She had actually completely forgotten about it. And, and, you know, her medical condition was serious enough that it simply slipped her mind. Uh, And she called me and she was very, very upset. She was completely floored by the fact that 
you know, I've been made this offer. I think I now completely lost it. What do I do? Do I just sign it and hand it back and pretend as if nothing happened? Uh, you know, and she was kind of desperate for help in the situation. And what I told her is, okay, well, hold on a sec. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, those deadlines are, I don't want to say meaningless, but they don't have as much impact ultimately as employees think they do yeah. in the circumstances. Yep. And so let's take a step back here. So I, I asked this lady, okay, well, you know, what's how old are you? So she said she's 51 years old. How long have you been with the company? She's been with this same company for 15 years. And she worked in the position of bookkeeper. So she was a bookkeeper for 15 years in her early 50s. And so I said, okay, well, how much have you been offered? What was that original severance offer for? And she told me it was four months pay. Oh, and that's what she was so worried about in terms of accepting the offer by that deadline, uh, John. It, it was four months of say. And so I said, uh, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very sorry to hear about the medical condition and kind of the stress that you've been under over the past uh, you know, week or so. Yeah. She was obviously very distraught. Uh, but it's actually the best thing that have, could have possibly happened uh, to her is not signing that severance package. Um, and the reason why is because, again, given her age, position, and years of service, so 15 years of service, 51 bookkeeping position, I assessed her severance entitlements at 13 or 14 months, so yeah. nearly or right around the month per year of service mark. And so, you know, that's three times what she was no originally kidding. offered, yeah. literally more than three times, yeah. actually, what she was originally offered. So, you know, by, by you know, some grace, uh, her medical condition, otherwise she would have simply signed that offer and handed it back. And she would have ultimately then learned after having signed it that she would have owed, been owed significantly more. Um, you know, so by, by chance, effectively, we're now uh, retained on the matter and we're going to be working with her to get her severance that she's actually owed. But, you know, just an example, John, that I absolutely, you know, as soon as this came up, I had, I, I knew I was going to talk about it on the show today because, you know, you cannot under any circumstances sign off on a severance package without legal advice and under pressure from a deadline. I mean, that's absolutely one of the worst things that you can possibly do from a financial point of view. In this case, you know, this lady didn't know that she was supposed to get legal advice yeah. and, you know, didn't really know what was going on. Unfortunately, she had a medical condition and because of that, she didn't accept it. And I mean, it turned out that that was a good thing at the end of the day, because, you know, as I mentioned, what would have happened is she would have regretted it uh, very, very quickly. And, you know, at that point, John, once the documents are signed and, and, and submitted, it's really just too late to do anything about it. So I guess, you know, in this case, All's well that ends well, but it's a great, great lesson for employees out there. Well, I'd say it's why we do this show, and there's still a ton of time that we just started for you to call in, ask your questions about that matter or something related to it, or similar, or otherwise, when it comes to your job and your workplace. 613-521-TALK is the number. What else you got going on, pal? So the second matter, John, and, and this is related to the topic we're going to discuss today, which is workplace harassment, and, and uh, it involves a gentleman that uh, that was the victim of workplace bullying and harassment. Now, oftentimes, we think of bullying in the workplace uh, you know, as something uh, that that's you know just reserved for women, or or yeah. that doesn't necessarily apply to men, and um, you know even even big burly men could could you know be the victims of harassment in, in the workplace. And the reason for that, John, is that you know it's an inequality of of power situation. It's a situation where you've got the individual employee and the employer, and oftentimes you know the employer who may be a tough girl or a tough guy or not at all, but they have that power and they can abuse that power right. simply because they're the boss or because they consider themselves the boss. So, you know, this gentleman, who was a very nice guy, uh, spoke with him at, at length. He was completely mistreated by his boss. Uh, his boss swore at him, put him down. 
um, you know, in emails, in, you know, verbally for the most part, but in writing as well, which is ludicrous, obviously, to do, you know, from an employer's uh, part. There were text messages that were completely inappropriate, uh, you know, in terms of from a boss to an employee. And, you know, to the point that this gentleman was was really just really ready to drop every, you know, when I spoke to him and his initial reaction to me was, listen, I can't take this anymore. I'm just prepared to walk away. And, and, yeah, and they, they, they shouldn't feel like that in the, in this day and age. And that's, again, the reason why I do the show. They should know better, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and oh. that's the exact question he had for me, was, which is, you know, I don't feel like it's right that I have to walk away from this yeah. situation for nothing. So what can I do here? What are my options? Or do I have to just kind of, you know, suffer in silence? Well, John, of course, I told him that, of course, there's a solution uh, here. I told him, no, you don't have to suffer through it. Uh, you know, it's clearly a poisoned work environment. Clearly, he has a boss who feels like he can treat his employees like garbage. And that is completely illegal for all our listeners out there. I'm sure many of them already know. But, you know, as employees in the workplace, you have every right to work in a healthy, supportive, safe, proper work environment that's free from harassment. Um, and, you know, if, if that happens to you where your work environment becomes poisoned, you, know, you can you, you have plenty of options available to you. You can report that within the company. You can treat that as a constructive dismissal, as we'll get into later on in, in the show, obtain a severance package and and move on. And and actually, in this specific case, given the severity of, of the circumstances, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to get him out of that workplace and get him the severance package that he's owned. And again, I wanted to mention that because a lot of people out there think that, you know, there's shame in being harassed in the workplace or they're too shy or don't think they have any options. And that's not true at all. As an employee, you absolutely have rights. You know, the law actually comes down really, really hard on employers who don't foster a safe work environment. So, you know, if that happens to you, you know what to do. Uh, you know, the first the first step should be giving us a call. We're going to lay out the options for you. And uh, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about that in more detail as we go through the show. You bet. We'll take a short break to reach out to Alex and the team. By the way, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. But this is a live talk show. Feel free to uh, call us over the course of the remainder of the hour. 613-521-TALK. Bring it on. We are ready for you. This is the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. We are right back at it. We're going to cover the topic of workplace harassment here in just a few minutes. In the meantime, the phone calls, bring them on 613-521-TALK. If you have concerns about your employment or your boss or anything under the uh, the banner of the uh, the employment hour, we'd love to talk to you. We'll get to, uh, to Sam in that regard. Thank you for uh, for calling in, Sam, this afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Good. What's, uh, what's your concern, pal? I just spoke with somebody, gave him my whole uh, story, mm-hmm. and he said, I'll put you on hold with you. Okay, well, now you're off hold, now you're on the air. What uh, What's going on? Tell us your story. Okay, my friend, uh, I'm speaking on behalf of my friend. Sure. Uh, he he re- re- submitted his resignation uh, with uh, one month notice to his employer. We're in a good faith, he's supposed to give two week notice, but in his mind, he gave one month notice. Okay. And uh, 15 days after, he asked for one week uh, vacation. He had some personal issues in his life, and his employer denied. He went to see his doctor. His doctor uh, realized he's uh, in a serious depression and lots of health issues. His doctor gave him a 10 days, one week to 10 days bed rest. And 
He went back to his employer. He gave his doctor's note to HR and told his supervisor that I'm taking this uh, opportunity hmm. for my health reason. Uh, his supervisor uh, gave him a lots of verbal assaults at, at the time. And when he came back from his sick leave, his employer, his supervisor told him, get the F out. We don't need you anymore. Wow. And now... This is a constructive dismissal to me, listening to you guys for five years. So I, I, I'm just jumping ahead and just... No, no, good call. Appreciate it. Alex, what do you think? Very, uh, very concerning situation. Sam, I'm obviously sorry to hear about it with uh, with your friend. A lot to unpack here, so let's uh, let's take it one step at a time. And, and uh, again, going back to something I said at the, at the beginning of the show, which is this is a... You know, obviously, uh, your friend Sam needs to take care of the situation and likely speak with someone. But it's also a good example for all our listeners out there. So let's let's take it one step at a time. The the first point that I want to make is when it comes to a resignation. So when an employee hands in a resignation and gives one week, two weeks, three weeks, even if it's a a month, the employer is obligated to pay the employee throughout that period. So the employer can't, in the face of a one-month notice of resignation, say, I want you gone today and I'm not going to pay you the rest of the month. Even if the employer can take the option of sending the employee home a day later, a week later, whatever the case may be, they have to pay them for the resignation period. So when your friend gave one month's notice of his resignation, Sam, the employer in that position has the obligation to pay him for that month. Now, it gets a little more complicated than that because your friend then went on a medical leave of absence. So it sounds like at first the issue was a vacation. And on the issue of vacation, I I might have to side with the employer in the sense that the employer, if it was just a vacation, didn't necessarily have to agree or allow that vacation. Now, that changes significantly when it becomes a medical leave of absence. If the employee, if your friend Sam in that case, presented a doctor's note saying he's medically unable to work, the employer absolutely has to respect that and has to allow that person to take the leave. However, he doesn't have the the employer doesn't have the obligation to pay that employee during that medical leave of absence. So that is in contrast to, let's say, the the resignation requirements that you have to pay a person during their resignation. When it's a medical leave of absence, you don't necessarily have to pay the employee if they're medically unable to work. Now, the entire part about returning to work and being verbally abused, it sounds like, in the workplace and kicked out, listen, if that was during the resignation or that, if that was prior to the resignation or if that resignation was rescinded, Sam, and, and he was recontemplating continuing his employment, then you may very well be right. That may very well be a constructive dismissal on the basis of either harassment or a poisoned work environment or simply the the way in which he was treated. Now, what I'd ask you to do, Sam, is pass on the message to your friend. You know, we're not going to be able to resolve the situation on a, on a phone call like this. Correct. He needs Correct. to speak with an employment lawyer. He can reach out to, to me directly or to our office. John will give you the number to call. I'd okay. encourage you to encourage him to speak with someone. Uh, okay. The sooner he acts, the better. You don't want to just let this slide and deal with it uh, kind of months later. Okay. Uh What's your number and name? What should I do now? 
I'll uh, give I'll give it to you right now, Sam. Appreciate the uh, the phone call. You want to reach out to Alex? It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five. 821-5900. Email is help at employmenthour.com. You still have lots of time to call in, uh, just like Sam did. Ask your questions, get some answers, get the ball rolling anyway. In that regard, uh, 613-521-TALK is the number to call in for the remainder of this show here on the Employment Hour. It has been a uh, a hot topic, I guess, say, Alex, for it would be the last two, two and a half years, and that would be workplace harassment, whether it's in the... Uh, the eye of Hollywood or just the general workplace as us as Canadians go to work every day and face these uh, face these problems, which is part of the reason why we wanted to cover this topic today, and that is workplace harassment. So how big a problem really is workplace harassment uh, in your experience? Well, and you, you said it yourself uh, right, right there, John. I mean, uh, it, it's an issue that has become actually quite common and more and more common these days, uh, you know, for us to deal with as, as employment lawyers. Um you know, whether it was, you know, all of the news last year in the media about, you know, the Me Too movement and all of the sexual harassment allegations and cases of sexual harassment that we saw in the news. But I think it's also, you know, there have been some legislative changes in the past couple of years that have really protected employees uh, and and uh, from workplace harassment, protected them from reprisal in the workplace, from bringing those kinds of complaints. And also, I think the, you know, that veil of, of shame has been lifted uh, in the workplace, uh, you know, more and more over the past couple of years. And that's why, you know, it's it's certainly a topic that we deal with uh, a, a lot. And listen, rightfully so. I mean, poor treatment in the workplace, it should be completely, completely illegal and not tolerated at all. Um, you know, there should be no uncertainty on this issue, John. Everyone has the right to be free from harassment in, in the workplace. So, you know, I wanted to talk about the issue for the next few minutes or, you know, however long we've got left on the air, half an hour or so. Um, you know, what is workplace harassment? Uh, what to do if you're a workplace uh, of a victim of workplace harassment? What should employers do? If you're an employer listening out there and you're worried about how you're going to deal with workplace harassment and what you should be doing and how to protect your company from from allegations of workplace harassment, we can help you out uh, as well, help you get out of of that situation, whether you're an employee or an employer. Yeah, it, you know, you said something very important there, and that is the, the shame about it now. You should no longer at this point be standing by and accepting the workplace harassment. You should at least bring it forward to your employer, which we're going to touch on in just a little bit here. But uh, don't hide behind it anymore, right? That's exactly right. There's absolutely no reason to. No one should feel compelled to have to, you know, as we mentioned before, suffer in silence or grin and bear it. You know, those days are long, long gone, uh, John, and, and we want all of our listeners and all, all employees out there to know it. We're going to tackle that in, uh, in about a minute here. We'll take a short break. Time for you to grab the phone and ask your questions if you got them. Uh, 613-521-TALK is the number. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. Yes, we are right back at it. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions here live on the air. It is 613-521-TALK. That is 8255 to call through. Ask Alex your questions if you need to uh, know anything about your workplace, possibly a severance letter in front of you, which I hope you haven't signed. You should never do that. So you should always talk to Alex first and go to severance pay calculator. Uh, as well, but we're talking about the topic of workplace harassment on the show this afternoon, Alex. So we've heard the term many times. It's been in the news. We've said it about five times since we've been on the air. But
but from a legal standpoint, what is considered workplace harassment and uh, possibly some examples? What do you got? Yeah, that's right. This is the starting point for, for any conversation on workplace harassment. People have to understand what we're talking about here. Yeah. And, and obviously examples are are, uh, are are great for that. So from a from a legal point of view, workplace harassment, it's actually a term that, that's uh, defined quite broadly, uh, John. It's, it's defined technically as any type of conduct, whether it's uh, verbal or in writing or physical, uh, that is unwelcome or that reasonably would be considered unwelcome and, and inappropriate. Uh, so that's the technical definition. Now, that can be in the workplace many, many things, mm-hmm. John. I'm sure we could all think of examples that, that would be very obviously considered uh, a, a harassment. But, you know, uh, some examples would be a boss that talks down to you or uses profanity. It could be someone that makes fun of you in the workplace. It could be uh, an employee being excluded from meetings or not given the information that's required to do his or her job. Wow. Um, you know, what else? It could be, you know, on a similar note, it could be being set up for failure or uh, something along those lines. All those types of behavior, you know, behavior that's unwelcome, you know, that, you know, if, if someone were to, you know, objectively from a, from a kind of third, uh, third uh, person standpoint, look at that kind of behavior and be able to say, that's not right. That type of behavior is, is completely inappropriate for the workplace that's going to be considered workplace harassment. And so, you know, and as I mentioned, the, you know, a few minutes ago, that kind of work environment, that's what we can call a poisoned work environment. If, somebody, right. if someone's suffering from workplace harassment and they're having to deal with that day in and day out, that situation, that environment has been poisoned against them and, and it, makes them, it makes the situation, you know, extremely difficult. It's, it's very, very difficult for employees to work in a situation like that. Not only are you stressed out about your actual job and the work that you actually have to do, you now have to deal with this other situation that's, you know, completely not your doing, that's being imposed <laughs> upon you. And, and you know, that, that causes a lot of difficulty. It often causes medical issues. People have to take medical leaves of absence because they're dealing with that kind of uh, workplace environment. And, um, you know, if you find yourself in that kind of situation, if, if, if a lot of this is ringing true to you, uh, you know, listener, then yes, you are likely the victim of, of workplace harassment. And a couple of different ways you can reach out if it is you, by the way, uh, not on air. You want to talk to Alex or Lior or the rest of the team. It is simply help at employmenthour.com or one 821 5,900. But under this topic or any other, uh, as it pertains to your job, feel free to call us. We have plenty of time. 613-521-TALK. This is a live show and your contributions are uh, are always welcome. But back on the uh, topic of workplace harassment, um, as far as the obligation to prevent workplace harassment, uh, what is the employer's obligation? How far does it have to go? Yeah, so I mentioned before the break, John, very briefly that, that um, I guess a couple of years, two or three years ago now, there were some legislative changes on on, yeah. on the specific right. issue, John. And what that means is that the employer now has an actual positive obligation or proactive obligation, let's say, to actually prevent workplace harassment and do whatever the employer has to do to maintain a, a work environment that's uh, safe and free from harassment. Now, um, you know, how does the employer do that? That's really easy to say, and it, you know, that's kind of pie in the sky theory mm-hmm. stuff. But what that actually means in practice is employers have to have, and this is required by law, John. So this is not stuff you play around with as an employer. They have to have a policy in place, a policy in place that deals with workplace harassment, that defines what it is, that gives examples of what uh, the right behavior is in the workplace, what the wrong behavior is in in the workplace. 
And not only that, but what measures are available to employees that are dealing with workplace harassment, what the employer's obligations are in dealing with workplace harassment, those obligations in short are, you know, investigating and doing something about it. And so your policy has to very clearly outline all of that. So it can't be a two or three point, you know, one sheet document that says the employer has an obligation to maintain a a a workplace free from harassment and we're going to do that. That's not enough. On the other hand, you can also have a 10-page workplace harassment uh, policy, and if you stick it in a drawer somewhere and don't do anything about it, that's equally useless than not having one at all. So not only do you have to have the policy, and not only does that policy have to say the right things, you have to actually implement those as an employer. You have to hand that policy out to each employee. Uh, You have to make sure that those employees understand what their rights and obligations are under that policy, whether you're an employee or a boss or management or non-management. You know, whatever the case may be, you have to make sure that each and every person in your workplace understands what their obligations and what their rights are um, and that people know exactly what that policy means. So, you know, beyond that, um, you know, and that's already lots and lots for an employer to do. Beyond that, there's actually quite more. Uh, You know, an employer has to take action if they're aware uh, that harassment is going on in a workplace. In other words... You know, oftentimes the protocol is the employee will be suffering from harassment. They'll file a formal complaint with whether it's HR or their direct boss, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And that's typically the way these claims go. But and obviously an employer has an obligation to investigate and deal with those instances. But not only that, the employer also, you know, if there is harassment going on, but there isn't a formal complaint, the employer can't turn a blind eye and just say, well, I guess they'll deal with it. I haven't, you know, I haven't heard anything yet. No one's complained yet. If you as an employer are witnessing, or if, for example, a third party is telling you as the employer that harassment is going on, again, you have a positive obligation to investigate and take care of that. You can't just let the employee suffer in silence until you receive a complaint. So, you know, that's effectively the employer's obligations when it comes to workplace harassment. You know, I'll I'll say it to employers, there's lots and lots to do in this area of the law. A lot of employers don't do it properly. We see it time and time again. And, And, you know, unfortunately, that means that it's up to the employee in that case to stand up uh, and really fight for their rights in a situation like that. You have questions for Alex over the next uh, half hour, at least 20 minutes or so. 613-521-TALK is the number to call in and ask your questions. In that regard, reaching out outside of show hours, help at employmenthour.com, 1-855-821-5900. Write that down. So uh, what should individuals do now on the, on the flip side if they are subject to harassment? Yeah, So, and, and this, is, this is oftentimes uh, how these kinds of situations un, uh, unfold. So the employee will be subject to harassment in the workplace. Again, whether that's someone talking down to you or someone treating you uh, uh, badly or, again, creating a, some sort of poisoned work environment ag- against you. The employee in that case, you know, oftentimes when we speak to that employee, the very first thing we tell them is uh, that let's see if we can resolve this problem, get it fixed internally. And by internally, I mean within the company through the mechanisms uh, that the legislation and the law provides, which is, you know, as I just mentioned, employers have an obligation to investigate and to deal with complaints uh, and allegations of harassment. So the first step should be effectively putting the ball in the employer's court. 
meaning, and you want to do this in writing, John, and this is something that's going to come up as well. As the employee in this situation, you want to make sure that your communications are in writing so that you're you're creating a record of the process and, and the complaint here. So as an employee, the first thing you typically do is you send an email or write a letter to, again, HR or you're the owner of the company or your direct manager, whoever it is that that you think is best suited to to deal with the complaint, you send them something in writing saying, this is what's happened to me, this is how I feel, I would like the company to investigate this and do something about it. You then, as the employee, have effectively put the ball in the employer's court, and as I've mentioned, the employer then has the positive obligation to properly investigate your allegations and then deal with it if harassment is found. That's step number one. What do you do if the person you're supposed to report to is the one doing the harassing? If it's a small company, say it's your immediate boss, then what do you do? Great question. If you've got, you know, if you've got one person uh, that you're reporting to, right. and that's the owner of the company, and listen, maybe you're all of three employees in that company, right? And there is no one else to report to. Well, then my advice changes. My advice then becomes that's an impossible situation to deal with internally. So you want to then have you want to then deal with it excuse me, externally, yep. meaning, in other words, contact me or contact contact yeah. our office. Uh, at that point, you're going to have to get a lawyer involved. And, and, you know, also because even if you were to report that to the person that, that that's, you know, harassing you, you know, that's going to almost certainly, John, fall on deaf ears. And uh, we don't want to make the situation worse. We don't want to put an employee in an even more precarious situation if that's the case. At that point, we would be, we become involved. And listen, we've done this time and time again. We would likely, in a situation like that, be able to extricate the employee from that situation, get them a severance package, and get them moving on with their life uh, and into a new job that that, uh, is much better than their old one. Employment Hour right here, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. You still have a few minutes to call in. If you'd wish, ask your question. 613-521-TALK is the number to reach Alex for the remainder of the show. If we wrap and uh, you want to reach out afterwards, 1-855-821-5900. And help at employmenthour.com. That is how we roll. The, uh, the topic of workplace harassment. So should an employee be concerned that by complaining about the harassment that they've received, or even a, a colleague for that matter, they will be punished by their employer. And what happens if that's the case? It's a question that we get often, John, because again, employees uh, you know, are afraid sometimes of complaining about workplace uh, harassment. They're worried that they're going to be ostracized, or treated differently, or looked down on uh, by their peers or by management. And, and you know, I, I want to make this very clear. And, and, and this is not just because I'm saying it, it, John. It's actually the law that makes this very, very clear. Um, you know, an employee cannot, absolutely cannot be punished right. in any way for bringing up a, a harassment uh, allegation. Uh, you know, and that's true, John, even if the employer investigates the allegation and finds that there was no harassment. So let's say the employee's complaint in a hypothetical situation is completely unfounded. Or, you know, maybe the behavior that they're subject to is, you know, maybe inappropriate but doesn't rise to the level of harassment. Yeah. The fact that the employee made that complaint... Um, means that you know the employee can't be punished or penalized or fired even for for doing that for having lodged that complaint. Now, 
What does that mean? Uh, it, you know, practically speaking, it means that those employees that are fearful shouldn't be. Employees should fear, feel empowered. They should feel as though right. they have the right to raise these kinds of concerns in in the workplace, even if you know it, potentially the employee is overreacting or potentially there was a misunderstanding and the employee feels as though it, it's harassment. That's okay. You're still allowed to raise those issues in the workplace. Have your employer investigate. And make a determination as to you know what actually happened. Again, you have to be able to feel as though you're you can do that in the workplace as an employee without the fear of repercussions. And again, not because I say it, not because you say it, John, or you know whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's because that's what the law actually uh, requires. Now, if your employer and this happens obviously, right. John, if your employer yeah. does, despite everything I just said, does punish you or does start treating you differently or demotes you. Or you know, does anything really to punish you uh, because you filed a complaint or because you lodged the complaint of harassment? That is what's called at law a reprisal, and a reprisal is illegal. And you know, there are serious consequences for employers that punish their employees for having made harassment complaints. Let's flip it over to the uh, the side of the employer. What should the employer do if they are made aware of workplace in the in the or harassment in the workplace? So, and as I mentioned before, there there are effectively you know two obligations. So the first one, and and you know immediately what what needs to be done upon hearing of harassment complaint, is number one you have to make sure that you know the the employee uh, that that's filed the complaint is safe. In, in other words, you know if these are serious uh, c- complaints of you know potentially threats of physical abuse or even you know verbal abuse, you have to have some sort of immediate reaction that that is going to protect the employee in that kind of case. Mm -hmm. So it might be, um, you know, splitting two people up that are having a dispute in the workplace or, you know, providing, again, some sort of accommodation that's going to at least create some sort of ceasefire, some sort of peace uh, for step number two for the employer. And step number two is to conduct an investigation. Now, in in straightforward, uh, and I hesitate to use the term because most harassment complaints aren't straightforward, John. Right, right. But in straightforward cases, and with an employer that's somewhat sophisticated, you can potentially, as an employer, handle that complaint internally. If you have an HR department, uh, if you have someone who has a background in, in HR, that person may, and again, I use the word may, have the skills required to conduct an independent investigation, independent being an important word there, uh, you know, um, interviewing all witnesses to the allegations, uh, taking everybody's side of the story, weighing that evidence, and then making a determination as to what actually happened. That should be part of, of the investigation. If it is a complex situation and the allegations are very serious, my recommendation to a lot of employers would be uh, to hire an external investigator. And there are people, there are, there are lawyers, there are HR professionals that conduct workplace investigations and then do a really good job of that. And that's oftentimes what, what we recommend. Um, Ultimately, there is going to be a determination from that investigation as to what actually happened. And step number three for employers is uh, to resolve the issue, take action, take measures to make sure that the situation is resolved. That might involve, again, separating two employees that are that have had issues and not getting along. It may involve demoting an employee. It may even involve firing the employee who uh, has been found to have harassed someone else. Obviously, those determinations are very context and fact-specific. Uh, there is no one answer to that situation, but an employer certainly has to take action following an investigation. Otherwise, you're falling short. 
Lots of good stuff this week. We'll leave it uh, right there. You'll want to reach out to Alex if you have any questions. Until next weekend, 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmenthour.com. And always check severancepaycalculator.com as well before you sign anything. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here. News Talk 580 CFRA.